and the title of our new series is about your world view. I want to um, invite you today, if you would, to turn with me to the book of James, chapter 1. This is going to be a four-part series for the entire month. I'm going to take you on a journey in one book of the Bible. I used to do this a lot, and I plan to get back to a lot of that because I think it's really helpful for people to see how it all fits in context. And so if you want to get ahead of me, you can. And if you'll notice at the bottom of your notes, there is a, what I call a read-ahead, which means what I'm going to talk about next week. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But there is a, a commitment that I've made to, to take you in the one book that I believe can change your life, and that's the Bible. I believe that the Bible has the power, the Word of God has the power to, once you engage it, Take your thoughts and your heart to a new place. And that's what I pray for you. I pray that your life would not just be um, what you expect it to be, but that you would one day say, this has been way beyond what I can imagine. So in this series that we're going to take on this, this month, repeat it with me, please. Say a courageous conversation, a courageous conversation. about the way you see the world. I want to talk <clears throat> about various things this year that are important to talk about. And so I started the year talking about conversations that we need to have. And then last month we talked about once you conversate for a while, you need to change. You can't just talk all your life. And so we spent a whole month or so talking about the importance of some changes you need to make. And all these are available on the app. You can go download them, watch all the catch up, all the notes are available and everything. But now we start and we, we turn to a very important change that I think you need to make. In order for God to get you to the place that he wants you in, your, in, your, in life, in order to get to certain destinations, you have to have a courageous conversation about the way you see things. Your worldview shapes a lot of things in your life. Let me define, if I can, what worldview is, because this is a very important definition that will help you see the importance of this series. The worldview that a person has is the conclusions and convictions you develop about the way, about the world you live in. In other words, it's the essence of everything you believe and think. It explains why you do what you do, why you go where you go and why you don't go where you don't go. So your worldview affects all your choices throughout your life. So if you have a broad worldview, it will show up in the way you manage challenges the way you work, the way you communicate, and the way you manage the seasons of your life. And that's what James talks about. In chapter 1, the first part of the study, we're going to look at James' conversation with us about challenges. Challenges are a part of life. How you engage those challenges is tied to your worldview, the way you see things. James then in chapter 2 talks about the way you work, really bottom of chapter 1. We'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 21, he picks up on your works and your faith and how that is an indication of your worldview. I can look at what you do and tell you what you believe. Then in, in chapter 3, he talks about the way we communicate. And we'll do a whole study on that and how the way you communicate has an, a, a, is a strong indicator of what you believe, what you say to people, what you, if you curse, if you yell, talk loud, if you're rude or passive. However you communicate, there's something in that style of communication 
that is tied to a view of the world that you have. And then we're going to talk about the way you manage seasons. Life is about seasons. It's not just one season. It's several seasons. The way you manage the winters of your life, the summers of your life, the springs of your life, all that's tied to a worldview. So the real question is, how do you see, manage your world? How do you manage your children? The way you raise children is tied to a worldview. They need to all get out of here by 18. That's a worldview. Where did you get that from? See, what I want you to do for just a few weeks with me is to think about where did I get these thoughts from? Where did they originate? Generally, they're passed down through generations, and you don't even know where it started. Some of you are mad and don't know why. You've been mad all your life. Your mama mad, your granddaddy mad, your great-grand, everybody mad. Go to family unit, everybody fussing. You want to say, why are we fussing? We just got here. Has anybody ever thought about why you view money the way you view money? Why you view women or men the way you view men or women? All of your relationships have ended for the same reasons. Why? Why do guys run from you after a certain point? Why do women run from you? Why do you end up broke no matter how much you make? 20000 Broke. 50000 Broke. Say it with me, please. 100000 150000 Some of you say, that's a good broke, though, Pastor Britt. <laughs> that's a good broke. <laughs> Not really. Broke is broke is broke is broke. So I want you to think about for a moment, where did you get these views from? Now, we're going to plow through that over the series, but I want to today focus on one aspect of your worldview. Because in James chapter 1, he talks about managing challenges. And he says that you learn a lot from challenges. And so he's going to challenge you to take on a worldview. He wants to redo the way you think. Now listen to what he says. This is interesting. It's going to be fascinating. This is in James chapter 1 verse 2. My brethren, listen how strange this sounds, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. In other words, when trials come and challenges come, get happy. Really? Knowing Here's why you can be happy, because you know something. Knowing, what did he say, that what? The testing of your faith does what? Produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, this is strange advice, because this is truly a new way to see your world's challenges. And your world will have challenges. But the question is, how do you see them? Now, when you get married, you really see this. Or when you have friends, you can see it in friendships too. Money's low. One person is worried to death. One person doesn't care. Classic example. When I got married to Diane and we would go to the grocery store, Diane has great confidence in her math skills. I'm decent. I can count. Watch. One, two, three, four. Okay? But... <laughs> But Diane believes she's a master mathematician because her mama was a math teacher, and so they got this math thing in their family, right? So 
when I go to the grocery store, if I'm going to spend $20, I need at least $35 in my pocket. <laughs> Do you know why? Because when I get to the cash register, I don't want one of those special moments. I don't know if you ever had one. <laughs> you ever had one of those moments? You go up there and you ring it out, right? And then they say, oh, oh, there's $20 and you got $19 in your pocket. So then you tell them, say, well, just put, put that grape back. Put that grape back. Put that, <laughs> put that back. I used to bag groceries when I was a teenager. And I'm telling you, man, I remember many people had to put it back because they didn't have enough money. So I, I just, I had a fear of that. I said, oh, no, that never happened to me. I'm not going to be that brother. You're not going to be putting stuff back. Diane, she goes to the store, adds up, listen to me, the taxes and everything in her brain. Yes, scare me too. <laughs> Sometimes she'd write it down, you know, but that girl, she, man, she can add them, 6%, not me. I know I'm going to, I know, I know I might get this wrong. And I just can't stand the pressure. <laughs> so we would have a debate because I always had to have money in my pocket. She don't have to, he can be broke. She don't have to worry about it. Diane just, she, I'm fine. $2. No, no $2. What, what if a tire goes flat? What if something happens? I just have to have security. That's me. It's an emotional issue, I know. But that, my friend, was her view. Compared to my view, two different world views, and they would collide. They would collide on a lot of different levels because the way she saw things and the way I saw things was different. This is what James is saying to you. This is odd. You've never dealt with this view before, but here's something I want you to consider. I want you to see all of your challenges differently. I want you to back up for a minute and not process it the way you would process it. Allow me to give one more example with Diane. Diane's view of dealing with children was way different than mine. I had almost zero child experience. I was raised the only child and having little kids around me. So I had, I had a few, once, but, uh, cousins, but none with me in the house. She, she was a black belt kid person. <laughs> Taught little kids in Sunday school, always had little kids around, always she loved children. And she had this thing called kids' rights. So she would negotiate and talk and, and get on their side. And, and me, I said, up, shut up. That's all I said. Shut up. <laughs> Negotiation. <laughs> I'm in charge here, little person. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so when we started interacting with kids together, I'd watch her. I thought, that's, I like that way. That's better than my way, kung fu way. Let's try it this way. Even raising her children, I learned a lot negotiating. And so she learned my way. Her, we've got to find a balance in between. But what's interesting is I think sometimes when challenges came, I saw it a way she didn't. And that's what James is saying. James is saying, be open to a new worldview. When trouble comes in your life, here's what I want you to see. First of all, see that this is a good thing that produces something good in you. Go back in your mind and think about hard days you had, but in the end, it got better. Can I get an amen? amen. In the end, it produced patience and you learned something. Well, I love the fact that he says to us, he says, listen, in your life, 
you're going to have various trials, a variety. It's like an assortment. Expect that. And when it comes, I want you to understand this is only a test. And it's only for a season. Let it happen. You're in the middle of this. Work with it. Don't fight it. Manage it. And I'll show you in a minute how to manage it. And in the end, you'll become complete. Whenever you see a person who's gone to college or who has a certain degree or who has a certain level of experience, you may not have gone to college. You may just have a certain number of years of experience in an area. When I hire you, when I ask, when I interview you, here's, here's what I'm looking for. I want to know, if you tell me, so I was a registered nurse. I know what that did to you already. Just saying that meant you went through A, B, C, and D. If you tell me you a mama with five children, oh, yeah, you've been whipped on. You have a certain level of strength. There's something that, that you, you see in people who've had certain experiences. It has, you know when you hire that person, her worldview is at least at level five because she got five children. You know that she has a certain concept. If you tell me I've been married for 30 years, I know something just from that statement. Certain things are obvious. Certain trials that you've gone through build you to a certain place. And that, my friend, affects your worldview. So now when I have difficulties and things happen around the church and things, people die or whatever happens, my view of it's different. And that's what James says. Count it all joy. The reason I can do that now is because my, my worldview has helped me see the value of that. But let me give you a formula that I use. I love this verse. This is what I live by. Whenever life gets hard for me, these are the things I do. You ready? This is what I call the way to manage your world's challenges. First thing you do is, repeat it with me, please. Say, ask God, ask God. in faith, in faith. believing his way, His way is the best way. The first thing you want to do is you want to go to God and say, all right, I'm, at a, I'm facing a challenge. I don't quite understand this challenge. I don't quite know how this works. I'm a little bit uncomfortable. I'm a new parent. I'm a new married person. I'm in a new job. Whatever it is, I'm in a new season. I need you to help me. Now, in my life, I have learned that when I come and ask God, for guidance, and believe when I ask him that his way is the best way, I have better results. Now, that's because my worldview is God has the best plan. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. God has the best plan. Now, I would argue with you that that is not maybe everybody in this room's worldview. You really believe if you look at the way you live, when you get in trouble, when challenges come into your world, you tend to do it your way. Cuss them out first, pray later. <laughs> Fight first, pray later. You don't really stop and say, what, what, what's, what would God do in this moment? What You tend to do what you would do. And that's how you respond. That's, and this is so important, don't miss any, don't miss this. That's because this is your worldview. This is how you see the world. How do I know that? Because this is what you do. Now, this has helped me because if I'm really honest, 
My actions, and I'll talk about more about this next week, my works tell you more about my faith than anything else. I have fooled myself. Maybe you haven't, but I have fooled myself. Because there were times I didn't ask God. I asked Ricky. And Ricky had a way of managing all of his issues Ricky's way. Last week we talked about being in the flesh. It's my way, not in the spirit. I didn't want God to know. And I know, and I, I have this incredible honor of counseling people. And they listen to me to a point. And once I get to a point where they're uncomfortable, they stop calling, they stop listening, they stop asking. If somebody emails me and says, I'm having really tr- big trouble in my marriage and, and she's a, she, he's a dog. And I said, okay, now let me ask you this one question. What did you do to contribute to this? Pause, silent, two days, three days. Sometimes I get no answers right away. And here's, here's what I know she's doing. I want you, girlfriend, I want you to tell me what you did. Ah, uh, nothing. In this whole marriage? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, I want you to think about how, if you're not careful, your worldview is, I'm right, and he or she is always wrong. And when I, when I talk to you, I'm not really listening to you. I'm listening to correct you. Uh-huh, go ahead. Go ahead, get, get it out, get it out. Okay, now you finish. Okay, now let me tell you what I think. See, you're, you're, if you're not careful, your worldview is my way is the only way. And if that's how you think, you don't really care what God thinks. But here's what he says. If you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who will give, you, give it to you liberally without reproach. He won't laugh at you. God won't mock you or reproach you. And he says he'll give you the wisdom you need. But the key is, verse 6, you've got to ask in faith. And, and there are times when, if you've counseled people, you can, you can see they really have a worldview that's so firm and fixed, you can't help them. They can't receive anything from you. As a matter of fact, he says in verse 7, that kind of person, let them not suppose they can receive anything from the Lord. Your worldview can lock you out of any help. You'll never fix this relationship. You'll never fix your money. You'll never fix anything. Because you have a view that's so fixed and so permanent and so unmovable. There's no way you can be reached. There is is something about just backing up for a minute and seeing this and saying, you know, that that is quite amazing. I can be so, so fixed in a concept and be wrong. I can be so determined and wrong. Let me just pause for a minute and say this to you. That is probably one of the truest things I've ever said to you. That I, at times in my life, really thought that my view of the world was right. And I was flat wrong. The world was changing. I was changing. And I missed it. I missed it. My goal is not to miss it again. My goal is not to take a position that I've somehow 
got superior knowledge so much so that I don't have to ask God for anything. Are you wrong and don't know it? Are you off and can't see it? Are you blind to your own viewpoints? Viewpoints that you don't even know where they came from. You're, you, you don't know how you got here. It, it's, 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 so, it's so amazing that, that I think God spends so much time <laughs> chipping through the concrete of our personalities and attitudes. Trying to get us to just consider this temple. Just just consider this. Consider that talking to people that way doesn't work. Just consider that being angry like that doesn't work. Just consider that that response isn't helpful. Just back up for a minute. Yeah, you got challenges. But maybe it's the way you see the challenges. Maybe, maybe it's not about the challenge. I love something Oprah Winfrey said, so it's got to be, she's, she said this wonderful thing. She says, money is not the answer to your problem. You think my money is the answer to your problem, and it's not. I used to think that. I used to think if I got money, that fixed everything. Wrong. I mean, you, 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 you really believe that. Some of you really believe, but if I get a better job, you've had, you've had better jobs. Some of you thought college was going to be the answer to everything. I am a big college fan. Yes, I am. Man, were you kidding me? Love, love school, love education, love the whole process. Now, not all my life. But it didn't solve everything. A title didn't solve everything. I want to be a pastor. Man of God. I want to walk in under the anointing and the power of God. Hallelujah. Can you say yeah? yeah. Ooh, man, that feels good. I mean, there was a moment, there's a moment where, you know, people live, they live for that. I, I meet young pastors, they want, they, I want to be a pastor. Oh, oh boy. And, I, you, know, and, and you, you think that's it, that's your worldview, and you, listen to me, look at me carefully, you are wrong. That is not the answer. I, 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 I am so shocked by... How deceived I can be. And if, you, if you go down your notes, I'm going to read a verse to you. That, verse 9, under number 2 in your notes there. Because I, I assume some things, and I, I, made it, I made mention to you. I assume that, first of all, that wealth would solve all my problems. It didn't. James 1 and 9 said this, Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner than the sun ri- ri- has risen, the sun's risen with a burning heat, than it withers the grass, it, its flowers fall and its, and its beautiful appearances perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuits. I dreamed of having more money to give. I dreamed of taking better care of my family. I dreamed of never taking, making a business mistake. I dreamed, you ever had those dreams? I dreamed that I was the man who came to this great discovery and all of a sudden God's poured wealth on me to help the world. And it's like, I, then I realized, Temple, come on, man. Wealth is not the answer. Not. The real answer, believe it or not, starts with you being open to God, changing your mind. It's called repentance. Lift your hand with me for a moment. Father, I pray 
that in this moment, if there are concepts and attitudes that we have that are inconsistent with your view of the world, the way we view other races, the way we view other people, our worldview, if it's in any way at odds with your purposes for our life, help us to see it. Help us to have the courage to come to you and see it. Some of us are facing trials right now. We're in the midst of a series of circumstances. And we see these circumstances in a way that's unhealthy. You're really trying to produce something in us through them. But we think you're not doing us right because we're in this season. Help us to see it differently. Help us to back up for just a minute. In Jesus' name. My wife told me one time, she said, Temple, let me tell you something about us that makes us different. You don't embrace our differences the way I do. She said, I, I, I embrace them. When she said that to me, I paused and I said, you know, you're probably right. Because if I'm not careful, I'm trying to convert you. I'm trying to convert you to my worldview. Rather than living with more than one worldview. The people you work with, they don't think like you. So maybe you should stop trying to make them. Maybe your sister or your brother is not going to ever think like you. So maybe you shouldn't make it a lifelong project to change them. How do you think you pastor a church with thousands of people? I'll tell you what you do. Live with the worldviews. The only thing I can't do is follow a sinful worldview. Something that takes me contrary to God's view. There are lines I draw. There are things I won't do. There are places I won't go. There are words I don't say. There are reactions I try never to give. Because I believe that that reaction is inconsistent with God's worldview. There are certain things. I don't, I don't like some of the political stuff I see, but I refuse to say certain things. Because I have a view. That even if I disagree, there's a way I speak truth to power. There's a tone I have. There are words I won't say. I'll say something. Come on, say amen. But there's a way I'm going to say it. You may not like what your husband's worldview is, but how do you respond to that? Is the problem you don't agree with his worldview or is the problem that your response to the worldview is, you must be out of your mind? Is that the problem? Maybe that's the issue. And so that's the way you respond to anything you don't agree with. And so in my heart, when I read James, I see him saying, back up the train a little bit. And, and, and find the joy in the differences and the various issues you face. Find the, find the joy. Find God's hand in this. And believe something. Here's what the Bible says. This is verse 12. Go up in, in your notes here. Verse 12, here's what he said, and this is so profoundly simple but true. James 1 and 12 says, blessed is the man who endures what? Temptation. For when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life. In the end, I'll be okay. In the end, my relationship with God, my time with God will lead me to a place where I'll be fine. But if I'm not careful, I will get lost. And I will find myself in a bad place. So let me leave you with some tips. 
that might help you through all this. Tips to help you manage your world's challenges. Number one, repeat it with me, please. Say, be tough, be tough. And, learn to and learn to endure temptations. When you face a challenge, James says, develop a new worldview. Don't think the world is falling apart. Don't, because they see it differently than you do, don't, don't see it that way. Be tough. Here's what he says. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. When he's, when he's been approved, he will receive the crown of life. Then he says, secondly, be honest about the origin of your temptation. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is finished, has grown, it grown, it's grown brings forth what? Death. So he says, be tough, be honest about where all this started from. Be, t- be honest about the origin of it. Some of what you feel, some of your worldview started with your mama, with your daddy, with what happened to you. Some of it started with you. Some of it, some temptations, he says, are born from you. You yourself are the origin of it. You like that kind of stuff. Nobody, nobody made you a gangbanger. You like gangbanging. You like intimidating people. That's, that's not your mama, that's not your daddy, that's nobody, that is, it starts in you. When you are drawn away by your own lust. Now, I'll tell you how you can know if it's you. <laughs> a friend of mine said to me this the other day, I was sitting with him, and he said, you know, Temple, man, we, we, go, on, we go bear hunting. We use bow and arrows, and we go out and we hunt bears. Let me tell you something. I'm not tempted at all to go anywhere with him <laughs> to find a bear. I looked across the street. I said, you do what? You mean you go find a bear? You go find him in the woods. You're going to go hunt him. I'm, any hunters in here? Anybody hunt? You hunt? You hunt? What, what do you hunt for? What would you like to hunt for? Deer? What do you hunt for? Deer? Anybody else? Any bear hunters in here? No, really. No, 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 that's true. If I was in Texas, some of my friends from parts of the world... Up no, oh man, he's so. Then he said, This is in son. He said, I said, What well, do you carry a gun? He said, Well, no, we use bow and arrows. You Robin Hood, <laughs> you climb up in a tree, wait for the bear to come out, and try to shoot him. See, I'd be scared. See, I'd be done missed him, and he look up and see me. That's all it's that's it. I, can't, I ain't got that kind of faith. I, I gotta hear, oh God, I may not hit him right. <laughs> shoot. Then he says, we go to Alaska sometime, Rick. And um, he said, we go to Alaska and hunt bears. We, we carry sidearms there. You go to Alaska? You, you, go, you go to Alaska. To, I, I want to go on the boat, but that's it. I don't want to get off with a gun. But, but that's not tempting to me. I'm not drawn away by that. He was excited. You should have seen him. His face was glowing. He was smiling. Did he, yeah. And then uh, we skin him. Oh, boy. Really? I mean, I, I was not tempted at all. Temptations that draw you away, that pull you into things that aren't healthy for you, indicate this is your world view. So here's what you ought to do. Try this. 
if your mama and your daddy ask you, so why, somebody asks you, so why, why did you make these decisions? If it's not, if you're honest and you say, it's not my friends, not my cousin, I like this. I, I never forget a girl got up in class and she just said it out loud. I like it. And she said some stuff she likes. It was not good to say in public, but she said it. But I never will forget. I was in high school and she did that. I remember thinking, boy, she's honest. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've been blaming the devil and you've been blaming your mama, but this is you. You like to fight. You fight everybody. Every man you ever dealt with, you fight. You got to test them out, see if you can fight. I'm serious. You know, you need to say, this is me. I like, I like spending money. The more money you give me, boy, the more I'm going to spend. I like the broke feeling. <laughs> you know, that's you. you it, listen. <laughs> Get honest about your view of the world. You like charging stuff and not paying it back. Look at your credit report. Wow. You know how to buy all that stuff. That's your world. Your worldview is, hear me carefully, your worldview is when I want something, I can get it, and I don't have to pay for it. Watch this. How many of you have loaned people money and they never paid you back? Raise your hand. Now, now, now tell me why they didn't pay you back. They, they, you still ain't got the money yet? You still ain't, today, you still, they owe you, what, what, they, now, tell me why. Why didn't they pay you, somebody else? Why didn't they pay you? Why? They were related to you. That's the reason. <laughs> somebody else, why didn't they pay you? Why? Talk to me. Come on. They owe you money. Why didn't they pay you? They didn't think you needed it back because you're rich. You don't need your money back. That's their world view. That's, what, that's what's in them. What's in you? I'll tell you what this does for me. When I face a challenge now, I will say, Okay, Temple, what's your worldview? Let's see. How I respond to it, if I fall apart, then I don't believe God's going to help me. Maybe I'm worried about, you know, by myself. If I believe God's with me, I'm not going to fall apart. Look at my worldview. The toughest days of my life reveal what I believe. I'm learning me. And sometimes it's scary. What's my view? Can I keep doing this? Do I have another summer for next week, next month? How long can I do this? Do, do I believe that God's hand is on my life? Do I really believe that God can give us what we need? Do I really believe? What's my view? Have I given up on you? Have we built our last building? Are we done? Are we finished? Should we just kind of park and say it's over? Are we finished reaching people for Jesus Christ? What's my view? Your leader's worldview will affect you. You follow somebody with no faith and no confidence in God, you'll get nowhere. But if you follow somebody that believes that we've only just begun, glory to God, we've only just begun. Come on, say amen. What is your worldview? What's your view of the world? How do you see it? 
Be honest about that. Then verse 19 says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Don't talk so much. Slow down your words. Back up the train a little bit and say, you know, God, I need, I need to pause for a minute and figure out, do my works match what I say I believe? My worldview is real. My worldview is obvious to people who deal with me. Sometimes it's not obvious to me. You get married, your man's going to show you your worldview. Diane showed me mine. She said, Temple, you really believe we can do that? Yeah. Remember one time we pulled up to a hotel, and Diane said, uh, we can't afford that place. I said, you never know until you go in and try. She said, Temple, we can't afford that. And so I, I went in, and uh, they had a sale. It was $20 a night. <laughs> I walked in, concerned. I walked out smiling. You have not because you, sometimes your worldview will stop you. Think about it this way, and I'm done. I'm really going to end now. If you love me, right, and you saw me fall apart because of a challenge in my life, you asked me to paint a room, and I was freaking out over that. Would you ask me to paint the house? You're flipping out over this challenge right now. Can God ask you to do more? No. Sometimes he will limit your money because he loves you. Your worldview. You're scared to fly. Can't go to France. <laughs> you're scared. You're scared. Of, you know, you're scared of everything. Your worldview. And because he loves you, he'll keep your church small. Because if he gave you one more person, you go crazy. You can't have a staff. Because you don't want to be responsible for payroll. You don't want to be responsible for buildings. You don't want you don't want you don't want the burden of a busy schedule. To do God's will, I calculate I'm already 1.2 million miles uh, miler on one airline. And I've, I calculated the other day. In order to do God's will next year, I have to fly 14,000 miles to Africa. That's just Africa alone. About another 10. I, I think I calculated I got to fly over the next 10 years at least 2.5 million miles to do God's will. If I want to do what I envision God wants me to do. Is that too much for you? Is that your worldview? You got to have a man or you dead, no life. Can't be by yourself. If you don't hook up with somebody, put that in the code, okay? Every two, three days, you ain't alive. You'll compromise your commitment to God. Go 
find somebody to be with? Has drugs shaped your worldview? Every day you got to... Do that real good, Pastor Rick. I saw TV. TV. That's TV. <laughs> TV. <laughs> See, though, he did a pretty good job. That was, how you know that? How you know? <laughs> oh, TV, you saw the same show. I got you. Yeah, right. Now, drugs didn't work for me. I didn't like, I, I got drunk twice and smoked dope once. Yeah. And I didn't like the way it made me feel. I was a teenager. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I felt the devil had me. I was out of control in my head. And when I got home, my mama never figured it out. I never told her either, Jesus. <laughs> but I figured I didn't like that. And I, and I did a hit and blew it out. That was it. I didn't inhale. Praise God. That was my whole drug life. <laughs> no, that's true. That's it. That's it. That's all. That's my whole testimony. Right there. I've confessed it publicly. True story. On a dare. You know, my worldview changed. That's all it did to people as a kid. Father, help us today as we leave this place. We got to end this. Help us. Help us get this. The challenges in our life reveal our worldview. The way we manage those challenges. Let us learn to ask God instead of falling into our own carnal ways help somebody in this room today say my, I've had the wrong worldview pastor and I need to bring my life to God and say God help me so every head bowed every eye closed if you're here today and you said pastor after hearing the message I realize what you said is true I need Jesus in my life I want to start a walk with God today and I want you to pray for me pastor because I need to get my life going in the right direction you're here today and you want to change your worldview you want to say you know I'm going to give God a chance to to run my life I want to surrender my life to him and I want you to pray with me pastor raise your hands I know I'm praying for so yeah pray for me for I see you anybody else I see you I see you I see you anybody else I see you father God in Jesus name I pray for all who raised their hands and many who raised their hearts both here and at home let this be the beginning of a new life for them. Some of them have already given their lives to Jesus, but some are saying, no, Pastor, I've never really done that like this. I've been living my life my way, but now I want to bow my heart and life to your view of the world. I want to love the way you love. I want to give, forgive the way you forgive. I want to give the way you say I should give. I want to serve the way you say I should serve. Every hand lifted high. Father, we surrender our, hand, our lives to you today in a new way and pray that when we leave this place, we would open our hearts to a new and it's not going to always be the way I see the world. May I be more embracing of others, forgiving of others. If our marriage is, struggle, is, is, is difficult right now, help us to see maybe it's because I insist on my view of the world. I argue my view. It's all about how I see it. And it's not to say that my view isn't valuable, but Lord, I don't live in the world with just me. Help me learn how to manage difficulties and challenges and not complain so much. Help me learn to lift up my heart and hands and trust God. Fight forward, not surrender. Be full of faith and not fear. Let my words and my works be consistent with my faith. And so we thank you for this series. And we leave.
having a courageous conversation about the way we see the world. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Thank you. Did you learn something today? I hope it was helpful a little bit to you. I hope, I hope it helped you a little bit. What is our word for the day, everybody?